another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Designs podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Dave Hughes. He's the CEO of HCC Embedded. Well, they're a um, solutions provider in the space of uh, software for the uh, IoT security and uh, submetering and various aspects, and it's the whole aspect of intelligent systems that I'd like to talk about with you, Dave. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm glad to have you here because for all the talk about Internet of Things and intelligent things, in reality it's intelligent systems, isn't it? Um, absolutely, uh, yes. I mean, uh, the, the, the whole industry is changing very, very rapidly and the systems are getting more complex. The Internet of Things isn't really being driven by um, consumers. I think the Internet of Things is really being driven by the changes in technology. The fact that you can make these very sophisticated devices um, is because of the massive improvements in, in general internet bandwidth everywhere and the extreme processing powers of even quite small microcontrollers and the two together have actually changed the industry completely and are then leading to the possibility for extremely complex systems that can be interconnected and sit in your home and connect you to your medical devices etc etc so and this is very much um, complex systems with many different um, applications. Understood. And, and the criticality, I believe, and you may or may not agree with me, Dave, is the ability for the systems to communicate with one another in a way that they could be intelligently monitored and managed for a lot of things. I mean, functionality is obviously the one that the user sees, but there are also a tremendous amount of energy savings involved, aren't there? Of course. I mean, everything depends on the application, and the range of applications is absolutely vast. I mean, anything from uh, metering to alarm systems to personal health care devices, um, measuring your blood pressure or something on an instantaneous basis or maybe on a daily basis. The actual requirements of such systems are very, very different, and, and indeed that will affect the amount of power they're going to draw and how those devices will need to be charged and maintained. It will also affect the build cost of the end devices um, because uh, having a detailed knowledge of the system and its target application and use case. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that presents a lot of uh, challenges to the designers as well of the systems and of the devices themselves. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say hurdles, but there are, are, are quite a few items on the checkbox to make sure you're building a device that's going to function well, properly, efficiently, and cost-effectively in this marketplace. I, I think that's very true. I mean, there, there is a huge um, weight being put on designers and then the, uh, related marketing departments to actually define products accurately so they can build something with the right combination of build, build of materials and um, performance to do a particular job. And this is... Um, an ever-changing sort of thing. If you take uh, as a, a sort of parallel example what, what, how our mobile phone world has changed, a few years ago I think most of us expected our mobile phone to be powered on for five or six days and we talk on it, etc. Now with all our interconnectivity, using it for Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, etc., etc., most of us are charging our phones pretty well every day. I think we mostly just put our phone on charge every evening as a matter of course. And this is because the whole range of applications it's been used for, its use case has changed quite radically. 
And when you extrapolate that to more um, subtle things, like say a medical device monitoring someone's healthcare that might be, need to be made in the millions and be very cost sensitive, um, you have a whole different set of equations to apply with each different design, looking at how often it's going to communicate, how much um, battery it's going to draw doing that, how much battery it's going to draw doing other functions like running a screen, like storing to flash, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, it's actually a creation and an education and a migration. There are a lot of moving parts in there. What's HCC Embedded doing to help? Well, obviously, everyone wants to make money and generate a profit, but aside from that, what you do to the industry and for the industry also uh, helps determine what that profit is, and I believe the better you serve, the better you do. But aside from the uh, market side, I'd like to know um, what are some of the application spaces and what are some of the areas that you help uh, and what your, pro- your services are? Well, you're absolutely correct. We do, we do want to make a profit and we want to have, have a, a nice lifestyle. Um, and to achieve that, uh, we, we have um, uh, focused on certain specialist areas where we've worked on for, um, well, the last 20 years, really, long before the IoT name really caught on. The IoT itself mm-hmm. existed um, um, as a concept a long time before that. And we thought well, if I may jump in, Dave, though, if I may jump in, though, Dave, those were um, self-contained intelligent systems then, I would imagine. Um, the, the type of software is very, very general usage. So if you're looking at something like um, a file system or a network stack, um, you can use that in a vast array of applications. And we've always been very focused on the deeply embedded. That is getting mm-hmm. the best out of small microcontrollers, smaller environments. And these are the environments where you, you've got probably limited code space, limited RAM, and people are going to put into handheld devices, battery-operated devices, etc. And so having a very deep and specific knowledge of these things, we can um, exploit that to create um, really focused solutions that generate um, the best results for product manufacturers. I mean, in the end, we have to, um, our goal to make a profit is based on us being able to convince a product manufacturer that we are able to deliver the best quality software that gives them the best marketing advantage um, uh, for, for their particular required functionality. And that specialization has been in the areas of networking, security, file systems, fail safety, reliability of data, etc. Um, mm-hmm. And for all those things, you, you need a very specialist knowledge and um, a lot of very hard work. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Dave, uh, one of the things I'm always fond of saying, there are a bunch of them, but you're going to hear one of them now, is... Uh, Although we may be focused on uh, power engineering here at uh, PhD, any good solution has multiple cascading benefits beyond what one or two facets may appear. So I was just wondering, what are some of the other, because you mentioned areas of you know, intelligent systems like security and such, beyond just simple efficiency, what are some of the other benefits that the designer uh, receives? Um, uh, if you're talking I mean, about our products in general, I mean, our, our benefit is that we, we have a, a dedicated team of engineers who have worked on specialist subjects like um, security, like file systems and flash safety, like USB stacks, um, who are real experts in that area and can provide those components. And they've spent a long time designing an, um, an infrastructure, what we call an advanced embedded framework, 
Well, all these components can be easily integrated and combined with other components. For example, all our systems that we design for um, microcontrollers can be ported to practically any RTOS. We have an abstraction to about um, 30 or 40 different RTOSs and can easily be extended to many, many more. All our code is designed independent of architecture. That means we can run it on an 8-bit or a 32-bit, any endianness, any toolchain, with no pragmas, hash defines, etc. We're trying to create components that are well-tested, verified, and, be, and can be designed and engineered to um, very high levels of quality, uh, knowing that we're going to get the benefits of scale because they can be reused across all these environments. Writing a piece of software like a, a file system and finding it's restricted to a relatively small array of products um, limits your ability to um, work very hard on those, um, on those targets. But knowing that you've scaled it, you can go to um, really quite extreme lengths to make the software higher and higher quality. And so the end user, the product manufacturer, is getting the benefit of very specific expertise in particular areas um, and getting that um, that's been proven across a wide range of architectures and test environments to give him a lot of confidence both in his reliability of the product and um, in the efficiency of the product. Right. What environment you're yeah. using, and people come back and hassle you about, oh, that wasn't going quite as fast as it could, et cetera, et cetera. And we're always looking to get the absolute maximum out of everything. Right. So I was about to say, so that means that you, you, you provide a, a healthy amount of hand-holding to your customers to get them dialed in to use the tool to its maximum effectiveness. Um, yes. I mean, our preferred method of delivery is to work with the customers that is them to ship us their board, and we will actually do an integration into their environment and provide a base project so that we have a, a reference we can work with them. All the software is designed to be entirely portable and integratable. Um, in the, all the abstractions, abstractions are built for different RTOSs, different um, platform support packages, board support packages, if you will, um, so that the, the customer can do it. But we're always, always our preference is to actually see the customer hardware, build the project on their system, make sure that it really works to spec, um, and um, perhaps even customize it to their particular requirements. Got it, got it. Now, um, what I also like to do on this show, and I was about to ask you another question. I realize, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of uh, time left uh, because, unfortunately, this is a podcast. But I do have at least one more question to ask you because I always allow my guests to have the last word on my show. So it could be a little bit more about uh, what HCC is doing, HT Embedded is doing uh, in the space, or it could be a tip about the industry. It could just be something for our audience, but the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. I mean, I guess one of the things I'd like to um, mention is that, I mean, this IoT uh, environment is really throwing up a lot of challenges to engineers all over the place. For example, your average product manufacturer who is manufacturing a product to do what we say, um, measure blood pressure, something, something, he gets the product um, networked all of a sudden, suddenly he has a vast array of other considerations to deal with, um, with security. And that's just not his, their natural field of knowledge or expertise, and it shouldn't be. What HEC has done is gone to great lengths to write a very high-quality security layer that's designed for devices so that it can be easily integrated into environments, but it's also um, designed to very high-quality levels to ensure that, um, that the code will not be subject to the type of 
security um, hiccups that have affected most of the uh, more freely openly distributed software on the market, which hasn't shown any sign of going towards serious development process to verify quality um, in those areas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, one of the very things, things we feel very strongly about is that um, engineers in deeply embedded systems who have been product manufacturers who haven't had to worry about um, very high levels of software quality with security, they really should be worrying about very high levels of software quality because that's where most of the major errors have occurred in recent years. Well, I was about to say I agree with you completely, Dave. The, um, the level of, of impact that software has had on the electronic design industry at every level and in every space can't be underestimated. So I'm really glad you uh, inserted that information and you know gave us that last uh, bit of a, you know uh, viewpoint I would call it because it's it's definitely uh, a position that I agree with as well. So thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the show. In fact, um, I would love to have you come back downstream and we talk a little bit more about the space because it's definitely not a stationary target. So I'd love to see you again. But thank you so much for being here this time. Yep, I'm delighted to come back. Thank you very much. Excellent, excellent. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day. <laughs>